Greetings, this is Amy Showalter with the Engagement Edge, and this month we're going to be reading between the research lines, reading between the research lines on how to interpret advocacy benchmarking research. Uh, I read with a combination of intrigue and amusement a recent article about the best mediums for advocacy communications. Now, before you start lighting torches and hoisting your pitchforks and route to my office, I do believe that having benchmarks is useful. But who is determining if that benchmark represents successful persuasion in the advocacy arena? Is it just something that an organization did and performed, but we don't really know the results, and so we do it because everybody else is doing it? Or is it based on success and, more importantly, compared to unsuccessful, unsuccessful attempts? Uh, listen listen further uh, for the details. Um, I wrote an amyism on benchmarking a while back. It's number 54, and it says this. While it's nice to know what other similar organizations are doing, when we benchmark, we can become benchmarked. The numbers tell us what's expected, but not what's exceptional. How do we know, for example, that the average corporate PAC participation rate of 18% shouldn't be 50%? To obtain higher performance, you have to investigate exceptional performance rather than average performance. I was reminded of this again when I was reading a recent uh, research, and I use air quotes uh, with that research study on the cadence of advocacy communications. And what I liked about this research was that they emphasized the importance of testing the open rates, click-through rates, deletion rates of emails according to the subject line and the time of day and the day of the week and so forth. We always advise clients to do that because it can increase, at the very least, your read rates, and that's the first, the first test. You can really test your effectiveness to some degree by changing subject lines in an email. And so I believe that's really good advice. It's important to do that. And it just needs to be a part of your, your advocacy communications. However, the theme of this benchmarking research was really looking at the medium uh, the, the type of communication, whether it was text or email and, and so forth. And I'm going to contend, again, light the pitchforks uh, or light, light the torches, I'm sorry, light the torches. I contend that the medium is not nearly as important as the message and the messengers. For example, would President Biden respond to a text from uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky? Of course. Would he respond to a fax? Of course. Would he respond to a carrier pigeon? Of course. It depends on who it is, all right? So we want to remember that the messenger matters a great deal more than the medium, particularly now in today's world of hyper-abundant advocacy, hyper-abundant legislative noise. Legislators and their staff are not equipped to handle every communication. They have to triage. They have to triage. You want your people to be in the top of that triage. However... Let's go back to our regular programming here. It takes a huge leap for us to say that based on the fact that certain groups engage in sending emails and texts out a certain number of times a month, uh, that that means they're successful. Because what, what the research said, I've got to pull it up here, it says, people who received the emails, they responded well to them and they had better engagement. But what does that mean? Um, First of all, we don't know what that means. <laughs> we don't have any control group. We don't know if they, they won their issue. We don't compare that to an a, um, email or texting campaign that was unsuccessful.
This is very elementary type research. You have to be very careful how you interpret it. Okay, you have to always interpret it based on successful versus unsuccessful efforts. Something we do through our velocity research work, we're looking at who's successful, who's engaging in the behavior we want, who's not. You compare that, and that's where the applicable knowledge is gained. In our recent grassroots influence pulse research, we found that in contrast to this research, there was no evidence that more mobilizations led to increased success. Because, see, we compared successful advocacy organizations who they said they had achieved legislative success versus the ones that said, no, we're not successful. And there was no correlation that the more you mobilize, the more you send text messages, the more you send emails, the more successful you are. But there was evidence that the groups who were less successful attributed that to burnout, to burnout. Now think, think about that for a minute. You think people get burned out the more you ask them to contact their legislator and they're not getting results? Do you think that might cause them to disengage? If your organization's different and the devil's in the details on influence, but I'm thinking there might be a, a connection there. So again, we always want to look at successful versus unsuccessful. That's how you compare. You look at successful PAC recruiters, PAC fundraisers versus your unsuccessful ones. You look at your effective advocates versus your unsuccessful advocates. You don't just look at cross tabs. You look at statistically significant correlations. All right. So be really, really careful how you interpret research that touts a, a specific approach based on self-reporting data of people responded well, they liked it, and so forth. Uh, that is really elementary and not how you want to base your investment of time and effort on. All right? So proceed accordingly, my friends. Proceed accordingly. This is Amy, live and uncut on the Engagement Edge.